Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Gone Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paulton. Today, I've got Mark Seizure. He's with Keithley Instruments, and we're going to be talking about the trends in power semiconductor testing. Uh, well, come on, come on into the show, Mark, and uh, I was going to get a little bit of intro stuff, but let's bring it in and let's talk with you about it. All right, great. Thanks, Alex. Glad to be here. Oh, the pleasure is ours because, well, right off the bat, you ha- testing is becoming – well, test has always been critical, but it's just becoming even more critical, if, if that's even possible, even more and more and more critical. Yeah, um, you know, it uh, really is, and especially in the area of power, what we're seeing is um, really, a, really a surge in these wide-band gap semiconductor devices. Um, right. These are devices that are typically made from – Silicon carbide, gallium nitride, you know, those, those kinds of compound semiconductors seem to get, get, get a lot of the attention. But there's many, many other types of devices that are, that are uh, being used, uh, I should say materials that are being used to create these, uh, to create these new devices. For example, and give us an what, example, Mark. Well, sure, yeah. So what, uh, what, um, uh, a real good example is, say, there's, there's applications in green energy for um, – for one, or hybrid or electric vehicles, or uh, things like even uh, switching power supplies, where the demands for greater efficiency, smaller size, lighter weight, faster switching times, higher operating voltages, higher currents, um, all those things are kind of converging at the same time. And what we're seeing is that the, these wide band gap type devices really offer promise for, uh, for, for meeting all those different types of requirements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then again, uh, as we pointed out earlier, test is so critical because obviously if you've got a, a material that can perform the way you'd like it to, you want to make sure it does what you're intending it to do, and a lot of things can get in the way. Packaging can get in the way. The board can get in the way. The circuit topology can get in the way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and one, of the, one of the real challenges is that with, the, with, these, um, with these materials, you know, they're being used in these newer applications, and you know, when you take newer materials into newer applications, there's a lot of uncertainty, and that's where testing really plays an important role. Is as the as the as the manufacturers are getting their processes stabilized, um, testing is vital to be able to understand exactly what that right recipe is. When the devices are are are, are finished off, um, you know, you're left with devices that operate at 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 higher breakdown voltages, they have lower leakage currents, they have lower on resistances, they have higher power levels, and those are all um, key things where the test equipment has to be able to handle all those different kinds of operating parameters. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's no precision without feedback. I mean, you need a ruler to know how long something is. Exactly, and 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 that's where um, and that's where our products are really really come into really come into play. We've got the um, we've got the power levels, we've got the voltage and current levels, we've got the accuracies, and uh, th- those are the those are the kind of things that are real important for these uh, for these for these manufacturers and users of the devices, especially with the designers of the devices. You know, those guys say they're um, they're buying a, a a new power MOSFET or something like that made of uh, uh, made of wide, wide band gap materials, they've really got to be able to understand exactly how that device operates as they design it into their system. And so uh, understanding the subtle nuances and getting an accurate characterization is really key. Understood. Oh, completely, Mark. I mean, and, that, and that, isn't that the whole issue there, right? Because 
We all know we need to test, but, we, but sometimes it's not even just a case of what to test, it's how to test. It's how do I even understand. In, in some cases, like let's say, for example, we're talking white band gap, gallium nitride is a completely different package requirement from silicon carbide because of the nature of gallium nitride. You can't put vias on top of the chip. You know, something exactly. as simple as that can completely change things. Completely change things, and that's that's a that's a that's a that's a real good point. And so, one of the things that um, that 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 engineers are often looking for is that is that good, uh, stable, consistent performance out of their test equipment, so that they know mm-hmm. as 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 things are you know as as they're seeing results that may be a little bit different, that those differences are really coming from their devices, and they've got something to work on with their devices, as opposed to the inconsistencies are coming from the test equipment, and boy, is it the device or is it the test equipment? Is it the device or the test equipment? You know, that's um, exactly. that's, that's one of the main, main, main reasons for the for the uh, consistency there. Right now, you talk to a lot of companies, obviously, and you can see some of the trends. What are some of the new challenges in power semiconductors that they face? What are they? What are the? What are the, what are the aside from the white band gap, that's a pretty obvious thing. What are some of the new challenges power semiconductor manufacturers face in the production testing of their products? Yeah, well, one of the um, uh, one of the one of the main ones is that the um, these these manufacturers really want to push test earlier and earlier in the process. Um, historically, with power semiconductors, testing was always done at the end after the parts all packaged up, and after mm-hmm. all that value was added, then the testing is done, and that's when they would determine if the part's good or if it's bad. Um, what we're seeing now yeah, is, 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 a, yeah, is a lot of manufacturers are looking to push that, er, that testing earlier in the process. Right. Well, I mean, you're going to have to test it once it's in a package, but you should at least do screening testing at the, at the wafer level to make sure you, you're not putting good packaging on bad product. Exactly. And so that's, that's, that's one of the main things that uh, we end up seeing is more and more manufacturers are doing wafer-level high-power testing, higher voltages, higher currents, higher power levels. Um, all those things are becoming pretty critical at the wafer level um, these, these days. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest trends that we see is the demand for more and more testing, more and more high-precision, high-accuracy testing at that wafer level before all that extra value is added to the device. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's going to improve their, their test throughput, doing the wafer level test. But um, there are obviously other aspects to the test going forward, what are the other things they need to take into account to maximize their test throughput? Well, there's, um, there's a, they, 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 they kind of fall into a couple of categories. Um, one is the overall performance of the, of the analog portion of the test equipment, and the other is the overall performance of the digital portion of the test equipment. Um, analog would be things like the, the A to D converter and, 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 and how fast that runs. That would be things like settling times. That would be uh, things like discharge times once the device is finished off being tested. All those kind of things sort of fall into the analog domain. Um, mm-hmm. And then from the digital perspective, there's things like the overall CPU processing times. Um, how fast is that data moving around to the places that it needs to go to? And um, how fast can the, can the test algorithm process that information and go on to the next test? So, so that's, so that's kind of how we, how, we, how we see it. Um, and what, what Keithley tries to do is really to optimize both, both of these general areas to really maximize throughput. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that means that you need people in the field as well to help your customers. You must have a really good support side of the house to ensure that all of that stuff actually happens at the, cons- at the customer level. Well, um, Alex, that's that's true. One of the key things is that everybody ha- everybody's application is a little bit different, and so we we really try to to, to design our equipment to handle a lot of different applications, whether they're an R&D or reliability or production test. Um, we strive to have that equipment, have that consistency, so it can be used in all those applications. We've got a team of field applications engineers that work with customers to make sure that this equipment um, gets optimized for their specific application. And that's one of the, that's one of the key, um, key value propositions that, 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 that Keithley offers. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about product then. What types of instrumentation do you offer to help manufacturers improve their throughput? What can you do to help these guys and gals get to their goals? One of the main things is, is, the, uh, is the product type called a, called a source measure unit, um, or, or SMU. Uh, these, the, these products, uh, this is kind of a product category that, that, that Keithley pioneered um, over 25 years ago, and they, they combine um, multiple instruments in one. So they have uh, power supply, they're a combination of power supplies, digital multimeters, and electronic loads all wrapped up into one. And so that means that they can source a voltage or current, they can measure voltage current resistance, and they can do that very, very, very quickly. Um, that, that, that core SMU measurement engine ends up being real important for these kind of tests for a, for a variety of reasons, you know, one of which is just overall throughput versus separate instruments. So now everything mm-hmm. is all together uh, versus having all this, uh, all this separate instrumentation that you have to pull together and tie together with a computer and that sort of thing. Um, up until just a few years ago, that, that SMU topology, that SMU technology, really was not available for testing power semiconductors. Um, things it. would max out at maybe you know, 10 or 20 watts. They'd, they'd max out at maybe a, 100 or 200 volts. Um, and uh, uh, really, these kinds, these kinds of instruments are pretty, pretty new, pretty new on the scene. Well, that's great. Well, then, obviously, new, uh, new arrows in the quiver can always help the archer. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the one of the key things with these SMUs is because they have that 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 built-in load capability, that can really help speed up testing. Uh, because what that does, you know, if you could picture doing a high voltage pulse to a uh, to to a device, so you're going to ramp up, and then you're going to once you reach your level, you're going to go ahead and make your measurements, and then you need to ramp down real quick to get that voltage to zero before you switch to your next device. Now, uh, 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 SMU is considered a four-quadrant product, so that means it sources and measures uh, both voltage and current bipolar. So it handles uh, positive currents, negative currents, positive voltages, and negative voltages. When that pulse Mm -hmm. needs to get drawn back down to zero, the SMU automatically goes into sync mode without the user even seeing it, to help that uh, uh, that pulse get drawn back down to zero as quickly as possible, versus the alternative, which isn't a typical power supply, it just bleeds off as it as it would naturally. So that's one of the main things as as, as to how an SMU helps to improve throughput. Well, there you go, Mark. Well, and, and actually, as you point out, it's all critical now because there's no there's 
no room for error. You used to be able to say well, there's some room for error, but when you really think about it, there are companies out there who are touting half a percentage in efficiency differences in systems. You know, it takes a lot of precision to get to that level of competition. That's right. It uh, it it really does. And and, and in fact, even even um, manufacturers of power devices that are using more traditional materials like silicon, they're pushing silicon the new extremes to help compete with the with the newer wide band gap materials. And so it's really mm-hmm. something that's across the industry. This push and drive for better and better and better efficiencies. Um, exactly. You know, if, you know, exactly. Yeah, you know, if uh, you could, you know, if you could imagine a power semiconductor being used in a switching power supply, you want that power semiconductor is going to operate as a switch, and when it's on, you want it to be on and having all the current possible pass through that thing with minimum resistance. Right. And the same, when it's off, you want it to be off. You don't want it to leak at all. You want to minimize your you leakage. Stone. <laughs> you want it to be dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so that's where uh, you know that's where the accuracy and the high resolution really come into play, um, especially at these kind of power levels. Agreed completely, Mark. And I also do believe it's going to. I think a lot of this on the silicon side is being driven by some of the packaging issues that have been brought up on the wide band gap side. Because I mean, I, I'm I'm surprised people even use still use TO220s. I mean, it's it's like putting a carburetor on your car. <laughs> that's a, that's a good analogy, but I tell you what, they get used in so many applications, and uh, you know we're starting to see a shift, and I think we're going to continue to see a shift. And uh, you know it's it's uh, really a matter of the price points. And right now, for a lot of the wide band gap stuff, you know the cost of manufacturing, and more importantly, the cost of test ends up being real high, and that keeps mm-hmm. those uh, those types of devices right now to a lot of high end applications. So the more that we can do to help manufacturers drive down their cost to test, um, the more they're going to be able to get their price points in line with broader market applications. There you go. You're absolutely right there, Mark. So do you have any final thoughts for us before we close out the episode? Well, one of the other um, aspects that, that, that uh, become critical in lowering the cost of test and end up being from the digital side, um, and, and, and that is how is that information processed. And Keithley has got kind of a unique approach that we call test script processing. And what that does is that actually takes the test program, which is typically from, the, the, from, a, from a PC controller of that test stand, it takes that t- entire test program and puts it inside the instrument. That eliminates virtually all the GPIB uh, traffic that goes back and forth to controlling an instrument and enables total test uh, program execution from within the instrument itself. Um, we've seen that. We've benchmarked that at a variety of different customers in 24-7 production operations, and that really improves people's throughput. You know, as you could imagine, the GPIB bus is relatively, um, you know, relatively slow. Even if you use LAN or other high-speed buses, compared to having the, the test program actually inside the instrument, any kind of back-and-forth communication like that is going to slow things down. And um, that's, that's one All of the things that, um, yeah, 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 that uh, Keithley offers. In addition to that, you can go ahead um, with the, with the uh, Keithley products, and you can put those things in parallel. And so now you're testing more than one device at the same time, and that really ratchets up throughput. And, again, that same test program is distributed across all the instrument CPUs. So you've got a distributed CPU approach uh, here where, again, your PC controller is offline, and the entire test programs are executing from, from with, within the instrument itself. So those are some things right. that 
that we do from the digital, digital side to really help to improve throughput. Well, hey, Mark, you know, this has been a great conversation. I've uh, gotten some really good insight on some of these issues in test, and I'm certain that uh, the audience also got some of that as well, uh, some to a greater, some to a lesser extent. Obviously, there are some guys out there who are really good at test and uh, some who aren't, but the bottom line is test is not only still important, it's increasing in importance, and to know that there are improved tools and methodologies out there to help everybody, I think, is a good thing. That's a great point. You know, the um, uh, we're certainly moving forward as well as you know others uh, others in the industry just to try to get better and better and better and better. So it's a uh, you know it's a it's a chicken and egg thing sometimes where you know the devices uh, and the test instruments, but both of them certainly need to work in 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 in, in harmony to really maximize um, maximize capabilities and benefits for the users. There you go, Mark. You are absolutely correct. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Alex. Thanks a lot. Bye. Oh, pleasure is ours. Oh, and, and I want to thank the audience first and uh, remind them that if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here. So uh, tell your friends, listen to the show. This is Alex Paul for Paul Don Power. Have a great day.